Hello, this is your self-help podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive. With insights for personal branding, personal development, publishing, and interviews with young entrepreneurs. Now here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Hey, good morning. I have with me Dr. Isiamsa and I'm privileged to have a conversation with her concerning women as architect for change and also concerning her background. And good morning. Good morning. And how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bernard. Thank you. Good to have you. Mm, and we're looking at women as architect for change and architect for change. And what has been the role of women all these years till now? Is it that we are now trying to push women or make uh, empower women. Or they, haven't they been empowered all these years? And this, well, and women have always been active in change. The value placed on what women do may have changed over time, but what they do hasn't changed. So now you may find a better appreciation for the value that women add in the home, in the schools, in the workplaces, in government, etc. So the role of women really hasn't changed. In my, in my opinion, women have always been part of social change, part of change, either being the advocates, being um, the, the drivers in many different ways. But the value and the appreciation of what women do is what may have changed over time. And um, I don't think there's anything like over-empowering women, over-empowering women enough. But what I feel is essential is a balance between empowering women and making sure that we're working with men. You know, so that it's not a women's issue. I I, I hesitate to, um, or should I say, I don't subscribe to this notion that you know women's issues need to be discussed by women for women in the women's forum, etc. Because when you do that, you sideline and marginalize, marginalize all the women's issues, and they never get onto the main table. And so, for me, it's important to work with men and then force the issues on the table, talk about them. And I don't believe in people misusing the gender card. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that you're just because I'm a woman. Sometimes it's true. I totally agree. But if you don't get that job opportunity, you miss that business opportunity, the first thing you should do is a little introspection. What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Where's the merit? Um, did I write on merit or did I go in thinking because of my looks I admit it? And once you do an honest self-assessment and you realize you did everything you were supposed to, etc., etc., then perhaps the issue of or the question of whether gender played a role can come up, that it shouldn't be the first resort. You know, so for me, it's not have we empowered women enough, um, but it's building the bridges between those women and men, because we're doing the same things, we're in the same businesses, we're raising families together, etc. So I don't think women's issues should be set aside as women's issues and marginalized. So basically you're saying that uh, women's issues should be treated as human issues, exactly. that's for both genders, not... Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Align that this is for women, so yep. women should discuss that and should mm-hmm. look at human relation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how to do all that. When we're, we tell teenagers abstinence is best, say no to sex, um, and we're telling the girls. Mm-hmm. We're telling 90% of the time, we're telling only the girls. girls. But we leave the other half out. But that well, girl will listen and go and face pressure from a boy who never heard the message. Uh-huh. Domestic uh-huh. violence. 
um, where women are victims. You focus on women. So we tell women, you know, don't be in an abusive relationship, but nobody's doing any counseling for them. So you, you've only done half the work. So I believe strongly, and I'm not one to like think there are women's issues in a box. It has to be out of the open. Let's talk about it both sides, and then let's figure out the solution. So now we should treat and tackle all these as human issues, both men, and we should educate them on all those issues affecting women. And uh, someone said that almost all women issues are, are for men, like uh, mm-hmm. menopause and there's, there's everything <laughs> men, so that's the, as we say, so if you also look at how the men, we can also help the men to help the women, because it's equal. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about your background, how you felt, women like you really hired to the social status, academic laurels and all that, how did you get that maybe, especially from your growing up stages too, so we, we want to get to know a little bit about that. Well, I was raised with three brothers and um, I grew up a tomboy and um, I grew up valuing hard work from both of my parents and um, it's not been an easy journey but I've done the usual stuff that everybody does, you know, do the secondary school bit, do the university bit in terms of career um, I teach and then I also do a lot of coaching and recruitment and just business management in general and um, I, I can't come up with any magic you know, one word or one magic bullet that has helped me along the way um, the three things that I hold myself to is one, put God first, two, um, to add value wherever I go, and three, which is the toughest, is being consistent, you know, so be consistent no matter what, and um, those are the things that, you know, push me, um, and I've received a lot of support from many people, family, friends, co-workers, um, I've learned a lot from different people, I've lived in different places, so... I am like a sponge. I soak up a lot of the things that you know go on around me, and I learn a lot from the experiences. So growing up, uh, you said you have among the boys as a tomboy. You have siblings. I have three other brothers. You're the only girl among yep. them. Do you think that affected in the way you developed yourself and as um, your studies upbringing? And I was a tomboy, and when I went to my dad. Um, because the boys were maybe bullying me, he'd say, no, go back, we'll make you tougher. Ah. You know, so I grew up, people think, oh, last born, only girl, you're very spoiled. Um, I had a father who would allow them to bully me, then you come in, he'll go, call you small, and, you know, pacify you, and then he'll send you back out to the wolves, you know. Um, but my, my upbringing was... So those are stuffing you up a, a, a bit. Yeah, and, um, yes, I'd say so, and I grew up with a balance. I had friends, I'd play with dolls with my friends and would do the whole um, cooking with the milk tins and sand and stones and leaves. And So we did, we, I experienced both, you know. Both sides, not much Some people would call one Dadaba, some would call one Ijaba. I experienced both. So you have the plan of Ijaba and Dadaba. Yes. Good, good, good to hear that. Um, so, what, what were your childhood dreams then when you were growing up? You know, most of the careers, but you want to be a doctor, lawyer, pilot, and um, what were your dreams and what were you aspiring to be? Um, the first time I seriously considered um, a career was perhaps secondary school. 
I'm sure I've had many before secondary school, but it was in secondary school that I really started paying attention. I wanted to be a child psychologist, even before I understood what it was. All I knew was I enjoyed working, working with children, and that's all I wanted to do. But over time, my interest shifted because I realized when you're doing clinical psychology, you're dealing with people one-on-one. But I wanted to do more on a policy level, affecting a larger group, you know, the framework within which we work. So my academic training took me in that direction. And I always wanted to be a teacher. Perhaps maybe that's the farthest, um, the earliest career I thought of was to be a teacher. And I am a teacher. Um, very passionate about teaching. Um, and doing the stuff that I do for me, um, it all blends well. You know, the kind of what I do in business, recruitment and training, etc., is very easily linked to what I do in the classroom, teaching, I teach leadership, I teach um, HR, you know, human resource management, etc., all those things. Um, and then um, I'm also very interested in the public sector, not politics, but the public sector, you know, so public sector reform, service delivery in the public sector, something I'm very interested in. And so ultimately, my interest in careers has just, I've always wanted to be a teacher, I'm a teacher, Um, I've always wanted to work with beyond just clinical one-on-one and doing what I want. For me, uh, I'm in that great space where I'm doing what I love and I love what I'm doing. I love that, doing what you love and love what you're doing. Would you say that your passion also led you, because you love working with children, you mentioned, Mm. so that also led you to those careers and the studies that you did? Would you say um, so in a way that uh, you are naturally geared towards helping people or working with children? My interest has always been working with people regardless of their age, actually. Um, I have a project. I have many, many interests. And so I've learned, I learned early in life that it's not everything that has to be a career. Mm, not a career. So, so there are things I do as a hobby, I love doing them. I have many projects. I have a project with the elderly um, that I'm just starting launching it. Um, I spend a lot of time with young people. Yes. I love spending time with very young children, toddlers, etc. Because I think they are the most innocent and sweetest and most honest you, know, you can get. And um, I feel also that we have a major challenge and gap here in Ghana. And... Um, where what happens in the classroom is, I wouldn't say it's not applicable, but people aren't taught how to apply the lessons they learn from out of a book. In so, real life, yes. Extension for academic purposes. So it's one of the things that I'm very passionate about. So my interests are very varied, and all my different interests kind of push me um, as I go along. You mentioned that, that um, I really want to find it. You said that not all hobbies can become careers. How do one draw a thin line between them that this is my hobby, I can monetize this, or this is my hobby, it can lead to my career? How do I do that? Because there are things that you are really passionate about, but I know mm-hmm. right away bring them in comment. How it, do all I do comes that? To, it all comes to you, the individual, you know, deciding on what you're really interested in, what fires you up, what keeps you going, what drives you. Um, I may enjoy singing, but I may not want to build a career as a musician. And so what I would do is focus on my finance or accounting or whatever it is, and then enjoy music, um, work as a musician, 
you know, on the side, but more out of uh, my interest, you know, I enjoy it, it's not work, it's not, I don't have to be paid for it, I'll do it anyway. Um, I may have things that I want to do in life, but I just delay them and decide, well, I can't do everything at once, and so for now I'm going to teach, and then beyond that I'm going to move into this area or that area, and so it really comes down to the person, how do you decide what should be a hobby, what should be a career, it all depends on you. You can decide, well, I'm going to focus on this area for the for a while, and then once I achieve certain things, I'm going to shift my attention. That's fine, too. So there's no formula. There's no single answer. Then you're going to need to decide which one you really want to work mm-hmm. with, pursue as a career. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that uh, based on that. I have been thinking that in this particular age, uh, personal brand is very essential to one's uh, living on and use the word survival, even as graduates mm-hmm. or employees, employers. Uh, what, do you, what is your take on that? And how do one really position yourself based on career building up? Um, there are a lot of seminars and efforts to talk about personal branding. It's all over. And I think we we run the risk, right now. This is, and it's something I feel quite <laughs> passionately about. Mm-hmm. We run the risk of telling people form is important and we forget to tell them about substance. And you find a lot of people who focus on personal branding, the way I carry myself, the way I look, the way I talk, the way I think, etc., etc. But in terms of substance, in terms of um, in terms of the things that they do, in terms of the value that they add, they're still very hollow, very shallow. Um, and I think a lot of people pay attention to the outside whenever we talk about personal branding. Mm-hmm. And they forget that it goes down to values, it goes down to your outcome, your outputs. If you promise and you can't deliver, that affects your brand. So it's not just the image, and it's not just what you want others. A lot of times we, we talk about what you want others to it's see you as, yes. uh, but we don't talk about what you are. Yes, and what you are is what others will see. There's I could tell you one thing about myself, but what you observe, the reality may be different. And that's one of the dangers of, you know, um, the personal branding um, agenda. You know, I think it's very important the way you position yourself, the way you understand who you are, how you present yourself, etc., etc. So I think personal brand is very, very important. But we have to be very careful. Um, otherwise, I mean, I meet a lot of young people telling me about seminars they attended on personal branding and they're all polished on the outside but inside they're shiny, they're empty, there's nothing. You know, so I think it's important that we need to balance substance and form and not focus on one, you know, to the detriment of the other. To be able to balance substance and form. So lastly I would always want to ask, what is your billion dollar advice to the youth out there? Learn. Learn, learn, learn. Um, anything you want to do, you have to start learning about it. Anything you don't understand, you have to start learning about it. Um, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be whatever it is. Learn. Learning doesn't happen only in a classroom. Learning happens around us. It happens um, when you're talking to people, you're picking up lessons from the way you observe what's going on. You look at the political situation, you're learning. You know, So be ready to just open your mind up and learn. I meet people who tell me, I want to be a journalist, I want to do this, I want to do that. But have you made any inquiries about what you need to do now? I want to set up my own school in the future. Have you made any attempt to learn about what it is to run a school now? 
um, I want to be a motivational speaker, I want to do this. And I tell them, uh, motivational speakers, there's nothing like, there's no career called motivational speaker. You figure out one thing that you're doing, that you're good at, you achieve some success, and then you use your story. And even not just success, you could actually fail and use mm -hmm. your story to encourage and motivate and teach other people. And so um, it's important to just open yourself up to learn. Learn, share the knowledge, apply the knowledge, and that's the best thing you can do for yourself. And nobody respects you. I mean, I can't, you can observe what's going on around you. I can't hold a gun to your head and say, don't learn. You can watch politics, you can watch the economy, you can watch what's going on around you and pick lessons for it. You don't, nobody can take that from you. Nobody can stop you from using your brain, essentially. So, learn. Right, the key word for, from Dr. Yancer says, learn, if you observe, learn everywhere you find yourself to be learned. And lastly, how can I connect with you, whether on the social field or online or online, do you have comments? Um, the company you? website will meet people to me um, once. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just the general social media outlets. Okay. The, the website, the domain. Axis HCL, it's A X I S H C L the phone. Um, but a quick Google will pull oh, my name up. Yeah. Thank you very much okay. for your time and your education. Thank you very much.